Good morning, everyone. It's really good to be with you again. And uh, I've been looking forward to having this particular session. Um, I want to have a perspective, really, on um, the situation which developed with Hezekiah as he began a reform for the Lord's work under his generation. And as I speak to you about it, I want you to really think about the scenario in which Hezekiah found himself. Uh, his father, Ahaz, as we'll see in a minute, had been very anti any functioning for God at all. He was willful and evil and uh, did everything he could really to uh, not fulfill uh, the law of God. And then Hezekiah comes along. Uh, we're going to read his story in 2 Chronicles 29, um, beginning at the first verse. Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became king, became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem for 29 years. His mother's name was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. In the first month of the first year of his reign, he opened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. He brought in the priests and the Levites, assembled them in the square on the east side and said, Listen to me, Levites, consecrate yourselves now and consecrate the temple of the Lord, the God of your fathers. Remove all defilement from the sanctuary. Our fathers were unfaithful. They did evil in the eyes of the Lord our God and forsook him. They turned their faces away from the Lord's dwelling place and turned their backs on him. They also shut the doors of the portico and put out the lamps. They did not burn incense or present any burnt offerings at the sanctuary to the God of Israel. Therefore the anger of the Lord has fallen on Judah and Jerusalem. He has made them an object of dread and horror and scorn, as you can see with your own eyes. This is why our fathers have fallen by the sword and why our sons and daughters and our wives are in captivity. Now I intend to make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, so that his fierce anger will turn away from us. My sons, do not be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him and serve him, to minister before him and to burn incense. Then these Levites set to work from the Kohathites, Mathas, son of Amasai, and Joel, son of Azariah. From the Merarites, Kish, son of Abdi, and Azariah, son of Jehalalel. From the Gershonites, Juah, son of Zimah, and Eden, son of Juah. From the descendants of Elasaphan, Shimri, and Jael. From the descendants of Asaph, Zechariah, and Mataniah. From the descendants of Heman, Jael, and Shimei. From the descendants of Jeduthun, Shamiah, and Uziel. When they had assembled their brothers and consecrated themselves, they went in to purify the temple of the Lord as the king had ordered, following the word of the Lord. The priests went into the sanctuary of the Lord to purify it. They brought out the, to the courtyard of the Lord's temple everything unclean that they found in the temple of the Lord. The Levites took it and carried it out to the Kidron Valley. They began the concentration on the first day of the month. And by the eighth day of the month, they reached the portico of the Lord. 
For eight more days they consecrated the temple of the Lord itself, finishing in the sixteenth day of the first month. Then they went into King Hezekiah and reported, We have purified the entire temple of the Lord, the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the table for setting out the consecrated bread with all its articles. We have prepared and consecrated all the articles that King Ahaz removed in his unfaithfulness while he was king. They are now in front of the Lord's altar. And that's the beginning of this great work which Hezekiah undertook. And you'll notice that he has taken on the responsibility of making the Levites do that which was necessary for their part in the restoration and more of that in a minute. But I want to spend just a moment or two looking at the sins of Ahaz, Hezekiah's father, because they're recorded in uh, 2 Chronicles 28. And first of all, there is this uh, great sin of idolatry. Uh, it said of Ahaz that he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel and also made cast idols for worshipping the Baals. He burned sacrifices in the valley of Ben-Hinnom and sacrificed his sons in the fire, following the detestable ways of the nations that the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. So he, he begins with this move to idolatry. Now, idolatry is simply a forsaking of the true God uh, by the substitution of the false. And the religion becomes a religion of the senses rather than the spirit. And as we see here, uh, with Ahaz's sin, the sequel to that was bondage to a foreign overlord. And he begins to find himself in bondage. A sacrifice of his children to Molech is the offering of them up to the fire and is a great abomination before the Lord. Indeed, it's a frank robbing of God, this whole question of idolatry, is taking from God that which uh, was his, and uh, sacred vessels are removed, and the doors are locked, as we find in 2 Chronicles 28. Um, in verse 23, uh, it says, He offered sacrifices to the gods of Damascus who had defeated him. For he thought, since the gods of the kings of Aram have helped them, I will sacrifice to them so they will help me. But they were his downfall and the downfall of his, all of Israel. And Ahaz gathered together the furnishings from the temple of God and took them away and shut the doors of the Lord's temple and set up altars at every street corner in Jerusalem. So he, he was willfully uh, evil before God and for six, the truth of God and human wisdom effectively replaces a godly revelation. Now, during his lifetime, the northern kingdom of Israel was disintegrating, and Samaria was about to be conquered. And six years into Hezekiah's reign, the Israel kingdom was to disappear under the sands of time. It was conquered by Shalmaneser of Assyria. So... You know, all that Ahaz accomplished uh, was just to fulfill the, the thought of evil as far as the uh, people of Israel were concerned. 
and the, 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 the tribe of Judah. And it's interesting to notice that whenever Hezekiah comes to reign when he was 25 years old and he's going to reign for 29 years, we're told that his mother's name was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. And then we're told that he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. In the first month of the first year of his reign, he opened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. So he's a man of immediate action. Uh, of course, Isaiah and Micah have major influence in his life. Uh, he's the twelfth king after Solomon over Judah. And he takes action as he opens the door of the house of the Lord. And there's always a need for each of us to do what needs to be done. Uh, you've got to do what God wants you to do. And we, we have to follow the word of the Lord. And you'll notice that phrase is used in verse 15 of chapter 29 of 2 Chronicles. That he, he does according to the words of the Lord. And that's always the basis for action. And we need to proclaim the open door of the Lord's house. Uh, to have this access uh, into the Lord's house. And you know, in, in recent months we have felt the, the lack of access into the Lord's house. We've been shut out from it um, because of the coronavirus. And it's good to remember and recognize that we need to be involved. We need to be uh, continually involved in doing what the Lord would have us do, regardless of how difficult it is. And then you'll notice immediately also that he involves others. He, he brought in the priests and the Levites and assembled them to the, in the square to the east side and said, Listen to me, Levites, consecrate yourselves now and consecrate the temple of the Lord, the God of your fathers. Remove all defilement from the sanctuary. And there's a great need for uh, a recognition of the significance of the Lord's house and of the call to consecration of ourselves to the service of the Lord and to the Lord's purpose. Indeed, it's a key element to all revivals in the church. We have an, we need to have an awareness of God's demand on God's people. And this requirement to remove the filth is something which is an absolute requirement. A defiled sanctuary is of no use to God or man. And in the church, we are called to a holy life. And we are the temple and dwelling of God. And we have this responsibility to recognize and we need to have the awareness uh, of such a, th a requirement in our day. And then he, he gives his evaluation of the circumstances in which the people find themselves. He says in verse 6, Our fathers were unfaithful. They did evil in the eyes of the Lord our God and forsook him, turned their faces away from the Lord's dwelling place and turned their backs on him shut the doors of the portico and put out the lamps. They didn't burn incense or present any burnt offerings at the sanctuary to the God of Israel. And there's a tremendous need, I think, for just such honesty in our requirement before the Lord. 
to have this sort of perspective that we we truly recognize the reality of the situation before we will truly seek, seek him for his blessing. And he begins by remarking that our fathers were unfaithful. That's with reference to the application of the law. The, the fathers knew what the requirement of the law was. They knew it. But they did evil, as Hezekiah says here. They did evil and forsook him. They faced away from him. They stopped meeting with him. And all of this in private before the public display that he reiterates in verse 7 about shutting the doors of the portico and putting out the lamps. They made sure there was nothing going to happen in the Lord's house and they're going to deny God his portion. There'll be no incense or sacrifice. You know, the New Testament requirement that we have is that we, we have our bodies as a living sacrifice, which is our reasonable worship, you'll remember, as said for us in, in Romans chapter 12. Our bodies for sacrifice, our lips for praise, and the gift of plenty for offering. And it's important that we, we give God his requirement, his portion uh, of those things which are important and significant. And Hezekiah goes on to, to draw a, a, a proportion, to draw a, a conclusion here in relation to uh, what's actually happening. And he says in verse 8, Therefore the anger of the Lord has fallen on Judah and Jerusalem and made them an object of dread and horror and scorn, as you can see with your own eyes. This is why our fathers have fallen by the sword. Why our sons and daughters and our wives are in captivity. This is a nation in bondage and despair. It's been impoverished by its idolatry, and the judgment of God is upon the people. And you know, this is really a picture of our nation today. As a society, we are fragmented and, and disturbed. There's murder on our streets. And the, the church is largely ineffective and, and lacking a, a real ministry. Why is it so? Do we cry to the Lord as a church for his intervention? As individuals, are we truly burdened and responsive to the Lord's direction in his word? Do we have this awareness that this is what the circumstances are and what the situation is? And Hezekiah says in verse 10, Now I intend to make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, so that his fierce anger will turn away from us. And it's remarkable that he has such a perspective. Uh, Yavasa's covenant in chapter 15, to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their souls. Josiah's covenant in 2 Kings 23. Uh, and here this 25-year-old king is committed to making a fresh start to actually come into this circumstance and situation and say, I'm actually going to do this. I intend to make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, so this fierce anger will turn away from us. 
And then he goes on to say, My sons, do not be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him and serve him, to minister before him and to burn incense. And this call which he makes and the commitment he makes uh, to not neglect the gift that is in him and to commit himself to uh, a significant reaction in, in, in this situation um it's it's just an amazing statement and then he says to the levites the lord has chosen you to stand before him and serve him to minister before him and to burn incense this was the calling of the priests and the levites this was the requirement which they had and hezekiah lays it absolutely on the line this is your calling, not to serve yourself or even one another, but to serve him, because we are servants of God. Uh, you know, whenever Paul's writing to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 1, uh, he uses these words. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. And so your requirement is to minister to him and to burn incense. These Levites had been neglectful and the house of God was cold and lifeless and barren. Each are required to functioning for God and to be committed to him in real terms, that there be a real realisation and fulfilment of the requirement of God in all these things. And then we're given the names of these men who are going to fulfil the purpose of God and many of them are only mentioned once and only here in scripture but these are the men who are going to be responsible for the, uh, the requirement of purifying the temple of God at this particular time and it says in verse 15 when they had assembled their brothers and consecrated themselves they went to the purify the temple of the Lord as the king had ordered following the word of the Lord. And this is going to be the, the ultimate requirement. They're going to purify the temple of the Lord as the king had ordered. All the great revivals of bygone generations are peculiarly characterized by a true return to prayer, to a, a burdened, persistent and directed functioning in prayer for God as these men were going to do and the primacy of the word of the Lord is again emphasized here and the priests went into the sanctuary of the Lord to purify it brought out to the courtyard of the Lord's temple everything unclean that they found in the temple of the Lord and the Levites took it and carried it to the Kidron Valley and they began the consecration the first day of the first month. And by the eighth day of the month, they reached the portico of the Lord. And for eight more days, they consecrated the temple of the Lord itself, finishing on the 16th day of the first month. So this was really committed and hard work. And then they go into Hezekiah and say, look, we have purified the entire temple of the Lord. The altar of burnt offering with all its utensils and the table for setting out the consecrated bread and all its articles. We have prepared and consecrated all the articles that King Ahaz removed in his unfaithfulness while he was king 
and Benaiah in front of the Lord's temple. So they, they committed themselves to doing that which was wholehearted and just in, in a perspective of interest, you will notice that two men, Joah and Eden, are mentioned here in the significance of the individual and the work of the Lord. A father and son committed in this work of the Levites and they set themselves apart to be available to do the work for them. They became ceremonially unclean in the doing of it, incidentally, but they made an end of the task in 16 days according to the word of the Lord. You'll notice again that emphasis in Scripture. It is his word always which determines our actions. And so they're making available to God all that had been denied him during the whole of the reign of Ahaz. They prepared and they hallowed and laid before the altar. And they were so committed to this and it made such an enormous difference at this point in time. So the beginning of the work of the Lord as far as Hezekiah is concerned uh, begins with the work of the Levites and the priests and they have this commitment to do that which the Lord required of them so that the Lord can have his portion again amongst the people of God. It was such a desperate thing in a sense that the um, people were alienated from God and, and uh, hidden from him as far as his work was concerned. And yet, right in the first months and the first year of his reign, Hezekiah is going to make a huge difference and make such a commitment to the Lord. And I suppose for each of us during this time, when it's been so difficult for so many of us, just to have this perspective of recognizing this is the work of the Lord and we have this commitment to him. We're going to do that which he wants from us and we're going to do it with all our hearts, we're going to do it with all our ability so we can say we have prepared and consecrated all the articles that King Ahaz removed in his unfaithfulness while he was king and they're now in front of the Lord's altar. They're now available to him again. And we'll see next week, God willing, just what a difference this made to the functioning and work of the people of Judah as Hezekiah takes forward this ongoing commitment to do the work of God and to do that which is right for the nation at this time. Let's just spend a moment in prayer as we commit our time to the Lord. Father, we want to thank you for this word of yours and it's so relevant and so personal to us that we have this requirement to prepare the place uh, which is your place, your church and to prepare it in such a way that we can once again function within it and we pray that you just help us to understand the necessity for the commitment, for the freshness of heart and for the freshness of time and committing ourselves to it. We seek your blessing, Father, and ask that you will help each of us to do that which is right before you and make a commitment to it in your own 
men sick. We pray that you will give us a, a focus in the things of yourself that will help us during these days as we commit ourselves to you today. In the Lord's name, amen.